All right, fact checkers, it is a brand new year, but we've got the same great coffee sponsor. So if you head over to Fox and Sons Coffee and use the promo code FCT for fact check this, you get 15% off any order of $25 or more. Also, be sure to check out the new blends that Steve's got over there. We've got the Den Blend 2 Electric Boogaloo. This is a medium roast coffee. If the dark roast was a little too robust for you, but the light was not quite getting what you needed, check out the medium roast. It is fantastic. And also, they've got a brand new one. It's the Costa Rica Honey Prep. Now, this is the same great coffee, but with a little bit of a floral aroma. You're going to really want to check this one out. So head over to Fox and Sons Coffee and use the promo code FCT at checkout to get that 15% off any order over $25. Let's get started. Check this podcast, and tonight I am rejoined by Don the Pleb. Don is one of my favorite people to talk to just because most of the time whenever we talk, it's usually sometime in the middle of the night, and we just have random conversations about random shit for no more reason than because we're both awake and end up spending <laughs> three or four hours chatting. Uh, this, this happens more often than you would suspect. <laughs> it really does. Don, how's life treating you? Good, actually. Uh, in fact, one might say great. Um, Funny enough, uh, it busy as hell, but otherwise, uh, life is good. Things are coming together, which always makes me happy. Very nice. I can't can't ask for a whole lot more, uh, especially in the current climate of things. <laughs> You're not wrong. That's it. Has been uh, things have been surprisingly good over my way as well. It's been very nice. I've uh, gotten. I feel like I've hit a groove with my writing on my Substack stuff and. I've been enjoying doing like content type stuff and at work wise, it's everything has been really good. So it's a, uh, it's nice when things fall together in life. It is. Uh, it's, it's funny when it happens too, at least in my opinion, because like everything, everything in the whole world is going great. Like why is everything this massive fight? Uh, and then everything in the world goes to hell and it's like, you know, this is, this is coasting pretty easily. What the hell? <laughs> Maybe it's just me. <laughs> No, no, I, uh, that was actually a topic of my Substack today was like getting a, learning how to take a punch and learning how to fall. Like shit, shit happens and it's how you deal with it or how you, uh, approach it whenever it happens that really makes the difference. And yeah. And then it makes things, when things are going well, you kind of, I think it makes them a little bit better. Speaking of things going well, um, uh, I wanted to talk to you and kind of pick your brain on the recent, uh, political shakeups that came out of the midterms. We got the GOP took the House. Uh, nothing really, honestly, as far as I'm concerned, nothing really changed with the Senate. Um, I know it's, I guess, technically the Republicans lost a seat, but then Kristen Sinema, uh, 
left the Democrats and Joe Manchin's always the wild card and who knows what the hell's going on with the whole Senate thing. Um, I really wanted to talk to you about what your thoughts were on the, uh, what do they call themselves? The Freedom Caucus and their pushback against Kevin McCarthy and some of the concessions that he made. And we'll start with that. What What are your thoughts on the, uh, the whole House situation and the current state of the GOP with uh, all of that craziness that went on there for about a week. So um, it is an overtly good thing, and it's going to cause an ass ton of problems. <laughs> it's a super short answer. Um, some, you know, for for everyone who just runs around and screams uniparty, for everyone who just runs around and says, uh, you know, like the, the GOP is controlled opposition. Um, it, it, this is hard evidence that. With very, very little, we could be doing a lot if we so chose, right? Uh, and that being demonstrated is um, an overtly good thing, right? Uh, look, I lots of people want, um, you know, like, well, but what they should have done is waited until they got, I don't know, impeached in prison, Joe Biden's condition or whatever. Like, okay, maybe, uh, but at the same time, this is positive movement and and is positive movement a good thing i i don't know it seems like it should be uh and getting and don't get me wrong i i am no fan of kevin mccarthy uh and it is it sucks that he is the speaker of the house on the other hand um that was probably going to happen anyway right i mean oh but we could have elected uh I, I don't, donald trump right i mean you know Gates said it out loud. Uh, that was never going to happen. But uh, one, it got said, which unto itself, uh, I, I cannot believe the memes are not literally everywhere. But we just didn't care. Um, and equally speaking, uh, hey, ultimate power that is completely untouchable, you're touchable. Just got said out loud uh, everywhere. It, any concession of any kind, from the people that are, are, you know, everything that we hate about the Republican Party quite literally says you're touchable. And the moment you're touchable, I mean, it, it's quite literally the predator thing. You know, if it bleeds, we can kill it, <laughs> you know, but somehow or another, you know, for the for the perpetually black pilled, it's it's very much like, well, it doesn't matter anyway. Um, and this this goes right back to the, uh, you know, um, I, I want a panacea to the problem. It's going to be a long war. And it was always going to be a long war. And taking 10 feet of battle space is still taking 10 feet of battle space, which is what happened. You know, it's not a lot. It's not, uh, you know, the supreme end to all terrible things of the Republican Party or any other stupid crap like that. But it is some people legitimately flexing power for something other than uh, Lindsey Graham. You know, and I'm okay with that. That's great. The the way I kind of look at it is it's, I think it's a similar, whether it's, uh, whether the progressives do it deliberately or not, it's a similar strategy as what the, like the super progressive use with the Democrats, because most of the normal Democrats are, you know, kind of the, the uniparty type thing, but for the last at least 15 years, a lot of what the Democrats have 
been saying and doing has really been driven by that incredibly pro progressive wing of their party because it is the very, very, very loud minority that they know they can't do anything with uh, or they can't do anything that they want to do unless they also do the things that keep those people happy. So like, and why the, why the Republicans, because you know, they've, they've been there. It's not like, it's not like these 20 people just like all magically showed up after 2022. Like they've been there. Why haven't they taken from this play playbook and flexed this mush, this muscle previously uh, is kind of my question, but I mean, it's nice so to they, see them finally grow grow a pair and and do it. They have, uh, but we remember it badly. Um, every time you've ever heard that the Republican Party is the party of no, what you have heard is that a tiny minority of Republicans stood up and went, "We're not doing that," right? And so th this is, you know, uh, the, the Shapiro's of the world are happily happy to tell you every single day that um you know the the republican party can't get anything done blah 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 and, and that's true right um what you're seeing when that happens is uh you know i mean look back at the tea party uh everyone remembers the tea party but what they don't remember is that prior to being co-opted which by the way is always a danger um you know they, they went out there and went we're not doing any of this anymore and we are just this much big enough that if you want to fight us, you're going to have unlimited problems. Uh, and then we turn around and we mock them, uh, you know, for um, what, what was her name? Palin showing up there and kind of destroying it, and, you know, but for a brief period of time, it was like 20, 30 people went, we're not doing any of this dumb crap anymore. Right. And, and what we should have been doing since then is going, you know, 20, 30 people exercised a boatload of power, uh, way, way more than 20, 30 people should have been able to exercise. How do we duplicate that and do it better? But instead it was, uh, but they didn't accomplish everything because I'm thoroughly convinced at this point that most of the right is a bunch of whiny children uh, who stamp their feet and say, but it all needs to be fixed now. Uh, and they really have no interest or in some cases even capability of going well but we did good things right and my probably the best citation of this in the world is after 50 what, 60 years almost we overturned roe versus wade and the answer within 30 minutes was but this didn't ban abortion no no it didn't all right but you know what it did it said that uh, Texas and Florida can do whatever the hell they want. It said Wyoming can do whatever the hell it wants. That is an overt improvement. No, it's not perfect, but it is an overt improvement. And why is that a problem? And it, because if you stamp your feet and say, give me my way, it doesn't sound like a win. <laughs> well, because incrementalism is not popular. Everybody in our modern society uh, wants all of it right now. You're working, Jeff. Wants all of it right now, and they can't accept anything less than that. Like people don't understand that it's the new year. We're still in January for at least another couple of days. People right. started working out. How many people started working out on January first and have already stopped 
because they did not get the results they hoped for in the first two weeks. <laughs> you know, oh, it's, yeah. it's the it's the instant gratification society that we live in. And and honestly, it's been that way for I mean, my life, I guess. <laughs> right, uh, right. It started in probably the, the mid to late 80s, like when you had all the like jazzercise and all the other stuff, like all the lose weight fast, da, 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 da. Like uh, this stuff has been coming more popular for the last 40 years. And, oh, yeah. and now we're really seeing it uh, play out in a, like you said, an, in, an infantized uh, or infantilized, whatever you want to call it, um, society where if you don't, if it's me, 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 now, 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 and if I don't get it, then it's not worth it. Like nobody yeah. wants to put in the effort to actually make change. And making change is not something, I mean, you're, you have a ranch and you're working on stuff on your farm. I, I've got, you know, goats and chickens and looking to expand to hogs and, and rabbits and other stuff and, you know, working on the garden and stuff. Like you don't do all that stuff. Just like, you don't just go drop everything in the ground and be like, here it is. You know, you, you have to gradually build to that. And nobody wants to put in the time to do that anymore. Yeah. Uh, it's, you know, I, uh, I got a couple of people who come by the property on an, inconsistent but regular basis right and when you're over here grinding your balls off every single day uh to put something up every day is like god i never got enough done you know you lay your head down on the pillow at night and you're like well i've only got 400 more days of shit to do <laughs> you know and it, so it it is occasionally nice that some of these guys come by the property and they're like man i haven't been here like a month you got how many people did you have building this like, oh, me and that guy the two of you built all this? Yeah. Holy shit, man. You built a lot since I was here. Just if it's just the two of you. And it's it's easy to get caught up in uh, you know, perpetual work is not necessarily very rewarding. Um, you know, in, in any given moment, right? You know, the um one brick in a hundred mile wall is like <sighs> only a hundred more miles to go. <laughs> and all of these fights are the same way, right? If you, you know, if you want to dethrone the Mitch McConnells of the world, you're probably not doing it in 20 minutes. You're not doing it in two days. You're probably not even doing it in two years. But even if you are doing it in two years, you have to commit to two years, <laughs> you know. And nobody wants to. Every everything is. Um, you know, and this this comes in many facets. Like if we just reelected Trump, then everything would be great. Like, look, guys, I'm not saying Trump is, is the worst guy on earth or anything. I'm not saying that's overtly bad. But what I am saying is we did elect Trump once. And you know who's still in power? Lindsey Graham. You know who's still in power? Mitch McConnell. Right. So whatever it is that Trump will or will not accomplish, the likelihood that he's just going to rip them out of power, rip out the, the parts of the Republican Party that are, you know, absolute garbage seems to be pretty low. and. Hey, maybe maybe uh, his his four years in exile have taught him that he has to destroy these things if he wants to, you know, get any uh, any of his uh, his agenda done. But if that's the case, why is he so freaking friendly with Lindsey Graham uh, as of three weeks ago or whatever it is? Right. And and again, I'm not saying Trump's a bad guy, uh, but he's he's also not your savior. Right. Like, yeah, OK, fine. Put him in office. Let's let's have him do, you know, assist him in doing the great things that he's going to do. But at some point when he makes a bad decision, we have to go to him and be like, dude, how about just no? How about you don't do that? Um, 
And you can't do that if you if you worship the ground that he walks on, right? And I know, uh, Don, no one worships the ground that he walks on from 20% of the internet. Uh, Don, of course you should worship the ground he walks on from a different 20% of the internet, you know? And so we need to be able to, no, no matter how good he is, right? No matter how good any given general is in a war, they're not always right. And you're, you need to be able to go to them and say, uh, hey, uh, don't get me wrong. This is another problem the internet has. It has no uh, tact of any variety. Not that I am known as a particularly tactful guy, but <clears throat> the internet as a whole has no tact of any variety. But we need to be able to go to a guy who is presumably on our side and go, hey, I think you're making a mistake here. Uh, and the, you know, whether or not I'm right or wrong, I would like it if you examined as whether or not this is a mistake. And, and I'm not so sure we want to do that. That's another, uh, that's another societal problem that we have is nobody is willing to be mean uh, early. At least nobody's willing to be mean in the correctly constructive way. Uh, I, we Johnny and I talked about it on peddling fiction earlier this week on average uh, user reviews on like Amazon and stuff like that are mm -hmm. like 4.2, I think is the average, like out of five. Like, yeah. because and and this is across the board like everything i mean we have we have all bought just complete horseshit from amazon yeah. and it is complete horseshit but if you look at the reviews for it they're like 3.8 like okay so why are people giving this like decent reviews when it's clearly garbage because people are too nice and everybody's scared that if they say something mean then people are going to come after them. I mean, just look at Twitter. I mean, if you've ever uh, started a, a fake fight with some feminists just by making a offhanded joke, they will just come at you ravenously because you're being mean. And for no more reason than that. And people yeah. don't people don't want to deal with, with confrontation and conflict like that. So so here we are. Uh, yeah, like Trey says, conflict, conflict avoidance was a huge mistake. And And I did actually want to talk about what Ron said, um, Trump's biggest problem was uh, personnel. Like he, yeah, he came in on the premise of drain the swamp, and then immediately hired somebody. Yeah, creatures. somebody, and, somebody explain Bill Barr. Somebody explain uh, who's who is that idiot? Like uh, I, I did, Mister Mister Foreign War guy. <laughs> when oh yeah, Bolton and uh, Mattis. There we go, Bolton. Uh, Bolton. So. There is well, an explanation for Mattis, right? Uh, yeah. And that's that's the one I give him the least shit for. Um, because Mattis, no matter how he turned out, at the time that Trump said, come work for me, Mattis was the target of, of basically every single piece of left-wing media hate. Um, now, uh, look, that's not a perfect selection process, but it's not a bad heuristic, all right? <laughs> so, but look at, you know, you, you probably should look at what the criticism is, right? Um, but the Boltons and the, um, you know, well, half his cabinet uh, at any given moment was, but what did these guys do beforehand? And their resume was long, and you could have read it in five minutes, and you would know that, man, I should stay away from these people. Uh, well, it was like Mattis was, oh, Mattis was okay. And then what was the, <laughs> Uh, the woman that he put in charge of the Department of Education. 
Uh, the, oh, they, man. Because they absolutely hated her because she was more of a school voucher, private school, like getting away from public school types uh, stuff mm -hmm. type of person. Like those were the only ones that were like acceptable. The rest of yeah. it was like, I wish I had been doing a podcast back then because when, when Biden got elected, I did a, a breakdown of his cabinet. And looked at all of these people that he was putting in all these positions. Like, here's their track record of what they've done for their entire careers. Like, this is why they're a horrible pick. I wish I'd been doing a podcast back then and had sat down and gone through Trump's cabinet the same way and and looked at all of them because it would have been a similar it would have been a similar like scathing review type of a thing because most of them were pretty much trash. Yeah, but Betsy, Betsy, Betsy Davos, Devos, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> like she was the only one. I Betsy was Davos. <laughs> <laughs> oh hor horrible horrible surname <laughs> oh lord i think it's d-e-v-o-s i think uh, yeah it is correct but uh davos would be terrible <laughs> but yeah i mean it's we have seen that people are unwilling to put in the incremental change to get things done slowly unwilling to actually say anything bad about the things that are not helping and that are not accomplishing anything. So what's going to, what's going to be different? What can possibly change with what we've seen so far of this new house and maybe the, by getting some of the concessions uh, like Crenshaw and somebody else got left off of some uh, committees that they had expected to be on. Uh, yeah. A couple of Democrats have also been left off of some committees that they were expecting to be on. Like they're, they are so far, at least holding up their end of the bargain and pissing the right people off. Uh, what can we? What do you think we can expect to see over the next couple of years leading up to the twenty four election, and then even even past that in terms of like what what are they going to try to do, and how much success can they possibly have? So. It's pretty obvious at this point, um, and this is so unfair because when you first asked me to do this, it would have it would have been would have sounded much better if I if I had good predictions. But it's pretty obvious at this point that uh, they are going for um, what do you want, what do you want to call it uh, votes that don't matter. Uh, like you know, they are putting up every bill in the world uh, that will never pass, right? Um, and and that's fine. Uh, dependent entirely on what comes next. And this is going to be the decision point for the GOP as a whole. It is, it is probably going to shape, give or take, 10 years of how the GOP looks. Because if, and, and you saw this with the Affordable Care Act, right? Uh, until the day Trump was elected, it was, and by the way, probably more like in office. It was, we need to repeal Obamacare, right? And, and then Trump started the, but we need to repeal and replace, right? And then nothing really happened. Oh, Don, they got rid of the individual mandate. That was not the promise, right? That was not the bill that the GOP House was putting in under Obama, which just said, Affordable Care Act, no, right? <laughs> which should have been what they were arguing. Now, Again, uh, maybe Trump doesn't doesn't sign that, and that's fine, right? But what needs to happen is the portions of the right 
uh, specifically the Republican Party, who are doing these things now. And this this, I think, is where the benefit is going to be, because I don't think the Gateses of the world are dropping what they're doing. I don't think it's, you know, they're they're going to uh, tuck tail and run in five years if they have the opportunity to have a Republican House, Senate and presidency, uh, which I'm for various not getting you banned off YouTube reasons. I'll just say I don't think is likely. Uh, but. If we end up in that position again and all of the bills that they're putting up now that are never going to pass all just, hey, this is a photocopy. And what we did is we crossed out the date and we wrote today's date on it. Now pass it. Uh, that right there is great, basically propaganda to get rid of the garbage out of the Republican Party. Right. Because it's very easy to say, well, Biden is president. Well, the Republicans don't own the Senate. Like, uh, you know, we would, I, I don't know, outlaw CRT across the country. Right. Which basically everybody in the Republican Party agrees with. But it's easy to say when it's definitely not going to happen. There's no political consequence for just putting up the bill. Right. And Sheila Jackson Lee does this for the left every single day. Right. And by the way, we all freak out about it every time she does. She just puts forward some bill that was like, we're going to ban guns and eat your children. And I don't know if you worship God, we're castrating you. Whatever crazy shit. I do love I do love how on both sides. People get all worked up when somebody on the left puts forward a bill like that. That's clearly not going anywhere. Like you don't even have the votes to get it out of the out of the house. You probably don't even have the votes to get it to a real vote. And right. you know it's never, it'll never make it to the Senate. Uh, but the or, thing you is, know what? And then the same thing mean? happens on the other way. Like, uh, but then yeah. they'll celebrate because the right put up. Oh, look, they're gonna they're gonna do away with the Department of Education. It's like that's never gonna pass. It's what? like, yay. So that's. That's the thing, right, is is right now that's never going to pass. But what Sheila Jackson Lee does for the left that we really need these guys to be doing for the right is basically purity test, right? So, um, damn it, what's his name? The West Virginia guy. Um, Manchin. Yeah, Manchin, right? Manchin doesn't play this game very much with the left, but look at all of the rest of them, right? Sheila Jackson Lee puts up, uh, you know, craziest bullshit the left has thought up this week uh you know and aoc's over there like yeah this is the greatest bill that's ever been written right and one that you know that that gets the idea out there which by the way the right has no capability to do i I, we are so bad at this right uh because when when sheila jackson lee says let's do crazy thing uh the right comes out and is like, that is crazy and ridiculous, and I can't believe you would even propose it. And you should expect that out of your opposition. That's exactly what should happen. On the other hand, A, the right is not talking about it. B, the left has 20% of the current caucus saying, yes, this is great. And the rest going, well, that might be a little extreme, but we agree with the premise. The right has no pipeline like this. Literally none. There's no capability to get something in a conversation like that. There's no you know, if you said tomorrow uh, we're going to uh, I, I get rid of Social Security, right? The thing that only exists in the left's mind, no one is actually trying to do. Um, but, you know, you wanted to actually do it, right? So the the whomever, I don't know, Rand Paul puts forward a bill because he might actually try. 
And the first thing that would happen is the left would come out and say, see, we told you they want to get rid of your social security. Right. And the second thing that would happen is Ben Shapiro would give you a four and a half hour breakdown about how stupid this is and how the political consequences are going to be terrible. And I can't even believe you're freaking discussing this. Uh, whether or not it is right to get rid of Social Security, it's just simply not a feasible thing. And even if we were going to, what we need to do is face it out by steps. It, it's not it's not a thing that we we have a capability to do. Now, you might say, Don, but at least Shapiro's talking about it, right? Yeah. It, but he's talking about it in the way that you would expect a left to talk about it, right? Your opposition should be condemning. Your friends should not. And that's the thing that the left does so well, is they come out with batshit crazy thing that we thought of today, and they put it out there, and then CNN, NBC, ABC, MSNBC, The Atlantic, The Washington Post, The New York Times, they all put it on the front fucking page, and they tell you that this thing is going to fix the country. Whereas the right puts out the same thing, and The Daily Wire and all the others come out and they're like, oh, but if we do this, it's going to piss all these people off. No, 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 no. And this is why it's a bad idea. And it's like the, the right is so afraid <laughs> of making people mad or saying something that would be controversial that they neuter themselves. Like every, every Republican in the House and Senate may as well just walk up to the front, pull their pants down, cut their nuts off, and then go back to their seats. And yeah effectively the way that they've been running things yeah it, the thing is whether whether any of the powers that be like it or not 25 percent of the things that come out of chip roy's mouth go viral it's just true uh 25 percent of the things that come out of matt gates's mouth go viral still just true and by the way i i don't care how much the lindsey grahams the, the Mitch McConnell's of the world or the Ben Shapiro's of the world don't like it. You know, that that uh, Matt Gates be offended clip uh, was 50% of my Twitter timeline on the day that it happened. Just the clip, you know, and another 25% was people being like, oh, right. You know, that is a capability to say something. And again, don't get me wrong. Twitter is not real life. but. There is no way that clip was not being shown to, you know, normie number seven. Like, you know, it, hey, man, you should see this thing that's on Facebook. It's, it, look at this, man. Gates just was like, be offended, man. Look at, look at this. Yes, finally. Right. And that is a capability that needs to exist um, and does. And I, I know I know the answer is still going to be done, but this is going to solve all problems. And you're right. Uh, I, I am halfway on the bandwagon that you know the feds are basically a lost cause but if all these guys do you know fine feds are a lost cause uh the the left owns everything you know the the fbi is uh a raging disaster and that's being pretty generous uh okay cool fine if all these guys do is be the counterpart for your governor who is going, uh, yeah, we're, we're, not, we're not doing any of that. And by the way, this is why DeSantis needs to stay state governor, because every time he says we're not doing that, 15 other Republican governors go, uh, yeah, yeah, that thing that DeSantis just said, and they're not doing it. Uh, this is a much better tactical uh, you know, response than going, well, let's make DeSantis president, right? And so when, you know, 
the other thing that happens here, right, is that they, you know, we're, we're going to get rid of the Department of Education. And as soon as that comes up for a vote, and as soon as it, you know, the moment that it gets it's publicized, uh, everybody's like, that's not happening. There, you know, there's no way, not to mention, we totally need this thing. And three weeks later, what happens? DeSantis goes, fine, we're not getting rid of the Federal Department of Education. We are uprooting every ounce of the, you know, the, the current school system in Florida. I'll take it. <laughs> you know. All right, so let's talk about that. Uh, DeSantis specifically. What do you think about his prospects for 2024 in the event that he does end up running? I'm 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 also in the boat that he should not. He should stay in Florida and set the example. I I feel like especially with the monolith that is our federal government, you can wield and execute way more power on a state level and local levels than you can by being the president. So like the the impact that he can have as a governor is going to be much much bigger than what he's going to have as a president. But you know that I guess that's going to depend on what his aspirations are and, and what he's uh, planning to do. What do you what are your thoughts on that? So you're definitely right. He should stay as governor. Uh, my opinion on this is not going to change um, probably anytime soon. Uh, if DeSantis stays down there as governor for 20, 25 years or whatever, I don't, I don't know what the rules in Florida are. Uh, but, you know, if he stays down there every minute, he's allowed to be governor until somebody comes by and is like, how about if we institute term limits? Like, this is going pretty well, but he's been governor since, what is it, uh, 2018 or whatever it was. And, um, you know, it, it's currently 2035. Uh, and right after that, he goes, fine, term limits. And then goes and becomes president. Great. Um, any anything shy of that, and you're you're right. You know, if he walks into D.C. and I I hear things all the time from people who superficially read the law and then don't at all watch what happens when things like this are tried. Like the uh, well, Trump could get rid of the FBI with an executive order. Good luck to you. But that the ink will literally still be wet. And the injunction will come down that says, well, you're not allowed to do that, right? And because there will be irreparable harm on the other side of this happening, if uh, if it ever does, the courts will say, no, there's a stay on this. Uh, we're going we're gonna to go through and find out what the results are before you're allowed to do that. And part of the deal with that is that the courts will take more than four years. And it doesn't matter who the president is, uh, you know, in four years, there's at least another election coming. Right. And so even if DeSantis is president for eight years, the first thing that's going to happen is that uh, all the leftist lawyers are going to come out and they're they're going to cut down three or four rainforests just in paperwork filings. And that is going to by itself take five years just to get through all, you know, all the amicus briefs, all the. Um, you know, hey, but we should, uh, can we get a stay for three weeks because uh, evidentiary gathering purposes? There will be delay games. And on the first day of the next Democrat president, that guy's going to go, yeah, that executive order, never mind. Right. <clears throat> and by the way, this assumes that whoever the Republican president is actually is willing to sign it. And by the way, everyone and their brother 
is of the opinion that like, well, you don't sign that executive order unless you want to get JFK, which I don't blame you. It's not an unreasonable assessment, you know, but so what you need now is a president who's willing to get shot in the face, uh, at least according to your own assessments, who is willing, uh, who, by the way, has a vice president who's also willing to get shot in the face because that, that that next guy is definitely getting the. <clears throat> so. Um, how much are you enjoying having a face right before he becomes president? assuming the system works in this fashion, you know it's coming. So we need a vice president. By the way, we're then going to need a speaker of the house, right? So, okay, maybe on paper, you could get rid of the FBI with an executive order, but it's not happening, all right? <laughs> and even if it was, uh, again, the, the court system game will be played. So now you need 10, 15, 20 years of rulership so that this case can make it all the way through the Supreme Court and the Supreme Court can go, yep, you can get rid of the FBI, which, by the way, is not a certain thing either. Uh, in 15 to 20 years, very good chance that we have very different Supreme Court justices than we have now. Lots of them are pretty old. 20 years means like Thomas will be over 100, if I recall correctly. I think he's 83 right now. So he's going to be like 105 and apparently still serving on the court. And by the way, He's your best bet. Don't get me wrong. Alito's coming around. But Thomas is your best bet to go, yep, no FBI. Uh, and so this, sure, you on paper, you could just write an executive order and be done. But that's not actually how it works. Uh, and and this, this expectation versus the reality of the situation is a huge part of the rights problem. Because one of those things that I heard a ton while Trump was president, was why doesn't he just get rid of the FBI? Like, well, because it turns out if you're an institution that's been a spy network uh, effectively for 60 or 70 years, whatever it is, since the FBI has been around, since Hoover was wiretapping presidents on like the day the FBI was created, you have some clout. You have the capability to throw around some power. And just because one guy holds the title president doesn't mean that you don't have that power. Right. And can you even imagine the, uh, you know, the, the ACLU would come in in five minutes and say, well, the whole reason that Trump is signing this executive order is because the FBI instituted a diversity program uh, 15 days before Trump took office uh, or DeSantis took office or insert Republican took office. And the only reason he's getting rid of the FBI uh, is because it will disproportionately unemploy X number of uh, black federal employees and it'd be a civil rights case in five minutes and they take 20 years it would happen you know and you don't have to like that that would be on the table but it would be on the table <laughs> which kind of brings us back to the uh, you had kind of mentioned it offhandedly earlier you know like if you think the, that the fed is a lost cause which i mean with the way things are currently constructed in Washington, it probably is. Like you're you're probably not getting any meaningful amount of time to run things. And and uh, you know if you if you look at uh, at JFK and Nixon and a lot of other things historically, I mean it kind of seems pretty obvious who is actually deciding who pre who the president is, and it's a three letter organization that you just suggested getting rid of. So you know. Um, well, even if that's not the case, even if, uh, you know, the 
even if the FBI and the CIA had no influence in uh, in in the uh, Oswald situation, we'll call it, right? Let let's say the story is true as told. One of those life principles that people really need to understand is never put yourself in a position where somebody else can screw you by doing nothing, right? Because if you are coming for the FBI and there is a guy who is out there trying to kill the president of the United States and the FBI just goes, it's all they need to do, right? And this is a problem with the existence of the FBI is they are the arm of the government that's supposed to do this sort of thing. And Right. How many mass shooters have we seen over the last year and a half that it was on our radar? He was on their radar. He, they had even had him in custody within the last three months. <laughs> they right. Confiscated all his guns and they gave them back to him. You know, right. and and these things, you know, you you are putting yourself in a position where you are overt, not, not just someone can screw you by doing nothing, but you are overtly threatening that someone, right? Now, Okay, fine. It's with unemployment, uh, unless you're the head of the FBI, and then it's not just unemployment, right? The, whoever it is um, of power in the FBI in a permanent fashion, right, is going to not just lose a paycheck. There is a lot of power that that guy is wielding at the end of a pen, and you're going, nah. If you don't think that guy's going to fight you, you know, I have a bridge to sell you and it's on my balls. <laughs> well, and. OK, so. We need to have realistic expectations and figure out the way to fix things incrementally and get people to stop being such pussies about calling shit out. Uh, these are all the obvious solutions, but getting them actually into practice is a, a whole different whole different thing and uh i think you and i would both agree that being as starting as locally as possible is probably the best way and really the only way to to move forward with legitimate change like that uh i do you know you talked about like gates clips going viral and then yeah. like normie number seven is going to see that like that's the that's the there's a large extent to which a lot of people do not even know anything that we talk about like oh yeah and don't have any desire to if you tell them about you know just random stuff that you and i consider to be more or less common knowledge they're like no that's are you serious there's no way because yeah that's they, not real yeah they don't know and they don't want to know so finding ways to have like you know the viral clips that they're going to end up seeing whether they intend to or want to or not it it at least gets them asking questions and, and i mean that's part of why i do this show and try to cover some of the topics that i do is because it's things that i don't think people know and that if they heard it they might start to say wait what the fuck what else is going on and, and you know it's so trying to be incremental in just talking to one or two people at a time is uh is a big deal but uh getting getting people to understand that and to actually move in that direction is also a challenge. So th this is, this is a thing that, um, yeah, I've, I've been in political internet for a long time now. Uh, and every single day, it seems relevant that, you know, 
if you are watching this show, if you know who either one of us are, let alone both, you know things that no one within 100 miles of you knows. And that is almost certainly true, right? And, you know, that, that's not to, to fillet you, uh, dear viewer, but look, the, the simple reality is the particularly autistic portion of political internet is very comparatively on top of every single thing that happens in politics way more than your average normal right so i can't imagine how many times uh you know i i did an episode on something i i sat and researched for hours or days and look here are the documents this that the other and my audience is like wow man that's the craziest thing i've ever heard in my life uh and and you provided all the sources so it's real we know it on and on and no one believes you, right? It, the moment you step outside of the internet, it's oh, well, I heard it on YouTube, bro. Like, well, hold on. It's not just I heard it on YouTube. Uh, all of the documents, all of, you know, and, and it's linked straight to .gov websites that says that they're doing this thing. Um, you know, on and on and on. And then Tucker Carlson will cover the same thing three years later. And, you know, your normie boomer friend comes by and is like, bro, have you heard of this thing? And you're like, yeah. Told you that four fucking years ago, right? <clears throat> and you need to understand that this is how it works, right? You you need to understand that uh, you know normies might be shit posting Jeffrey Epstein didn't kill himself, but the number of people who really know what happened there is basically zero, right? <laughs> that's that's really funny. My uh, my father in law told my wife he's like, you know, at first I thought Justin was kind of crazy, but here after the last couple of years, it seems like he's been right about everything. <laughs> exactly. Right. And you, you say these things and you know, it's, it's uh, but here's the evidence and um, it doesn't matter how much you back up whatever you're saying, right? You're, you're cracking a worldview that for some of these people has existed for 50 years. Uh, that's a lot of throwing your entire life into what the hell was I doing territory. Uh, so I really don't blame any of these people for saying, I'm not so sure I want to believe that, right? Because for some of these people, and and you all know them, is, is uh, you know, vote, vote Republican no matter who. Like, well, you know, actually, I I think I would take a, an incompetent Democrat uh, before I would vote for Dan Crenshaw. I just would. And like, oh, my God, I can't believe you'd say that. Like, eh. You paying attention to Dan Crenshaw? Well, no. I, it, we might be better off it, with another Sheila Jackson Lee than we would be with Dan Crenshaw. Just so you know, she's an incompetent moron who can't get anything done. Uh, who, you know, as, as previously mentioned, writes leftist fan fiction as law uh, that is never going to go anywhere. Oh, okay. Uh, it, let's let's let that conservative district sit under that for two years. And then come back and go, you know, you know what? Maybe, maybe we should, maybe we should fix this. <laughs> right. That's. I think a lot of conservative districts have been spoiled by having a bad Republican who's not going to do anything just batshit crazy. And so they're happy with bad Republican who's not going to do anything batshit crazy because they don't think that life can be any better than what it currently is. And they're unwilling to see an opportunity for change as a positive thing. Um, 
like yeah they need they need to have something like that happen like they need to as much as like as much as it disappoints me that it's probably not going to like when uh when mcconnell won again in 2020 like the dnc dumped i don't remember how many like crazy millions into his opponent and yeah and when the when the primaries were coming up in kentucky it was it was whatever her name was that ended up actually winning that primary and uh some black dude that lost to Rand Paul this year. Um they were they were primary against each other. And Mitch McConnell was running unopposed. More people turned out to the primary and voted for Mitch McConnell running unopposed than did combined for the two Democrat candidates. I was like yep. there's there are literally more people who are willing to come out to the polls and vote for him running against nobody than are willing to come out and vote for which one of these two Democrats the DNC needs to use to unseat him. He's won already. I don't care how, I don't care how many millions and millions of dollars they dump into it. Like he's, they're not going to win. And that, you know, that's sad that nobody will primary him and that the people will just continue to vote for him, even though he's that bad. Well, make, make no mistake. Right. Um, the, love it or loathe it mcconnell is a titan in politics he just is uh if you come for mcconnell's seat of power uh same way as if you go after the fbi your life is about to get terrible you know and and i mean that not just in a sense that politics sucks that uh you know but if you if there is a, a video of you chasing a dog down the street for whatever reason your dog got out. So you're chasing it down the street at, you know, eight years old. That will be played with Bob, who is running against uh, Mitch McConnell, has hated dogs since he was two years old. Here we have this clip of him trying to beat one to death, right? It, that is what will happen, right? And, you know, it, it will be lies. It will be all the things that you expect out of politics. Uh, and it will be more because let's face it, McConnell is pretty friendly with those intelligence organizations. So I hope you, you know, as the, um, the what, what's his name? The, the whistleblower, damn it, lives in Russia guy, Snowden. Oh, uh, yeah. You know, um, this post Snowden revelation thing with uh, the Daily Show, they went out and like, hey, man, have you ever sent somebody a dick pic? Uh, and then, you know, there's that guy standing there on the street like, yeah, yeah, I have. And he's like, well, do you know that the NSA has that dick pic? Are you aware of that? He's like, no, I, I didn't know. Like, I hope you've never done anything that stupid. Because, by the way, your genitalia is about to be uh, probably censored, but on every single network is uh, back in 2007. This person was sending, you know, Bob Citizen was sending his genitals to his girlfriend. Uh, and this is sexual harassment. Do you, do you want someone who would sexually harass women to be your senator? It, it's coming, right? You know, so I, I get it. Who Jesus is not on the ballot, so it's going to be kind of a tough time. And that guy is going to come at you with everything in the world, at least if you have even the, a snowball's chance in hell, of winning, right? If, if you're going to get 25 votes, McConnell is going to ignore you. Uh, but if you have a snowball's chance in hell of winning, he's going to crush you. Uh, and, or at least do everything in the world that he can to do so. Um, and by the way, you don't have the intelligence agencies in your back pocket. You just don't. 
but this is another one of those things where you know the the risk reward ratio is so massive right if you unseat mitch mcconnell you are a titan in politics five minutes later nothing anyone can say or do will change that it'd be oh my god that's the guy that took down mitch mcconnell now that is both good and bad you know uh everything that is the permanent government will hate you you better better walk a tightrope from that point forward but you will still be the guy who unseated Mitch McConnell. <laughs> you, know, you, you will have a following. You will have power on your own outside of just the GOP sending you money. I've always thought if I was going to try to run for something significant, uh, the like something beyond just like you know county council or or you know some magistrate something like that. Like if I was going to actually run for something like state level and go after one of the big rhinos around here i the first thing i'm gonna do is i'm gonna write a tell-all book and i'm gonna have it queued up and ready so the as soon as they come out and say the first thing just release the book and be like here it is did you know that also i did all of this other crazy shit too i've been a pretty wild fucker and let's talk about that like you know own the whole thing and just take it all right on the chin right off the bat and then then you know take take all the bullets out of their gun before they have a chance and, you know, see how it plays out from there. But I think uh, um, it's not the worst plan I've ever heard. In fact, it's probably better than most, which is, well, hopefully they don't find this thing. Like, bro, they're going to find it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> like Millions and millions of dollars are going into finding that thing. You hope they don't find it. They're going to find it. Um, but, the you know, it depends a lot on what's in that book. Right. Uh, if. If what's in that book is, uh, and then I rape the entire cheerleading squad, you're probably screwed. (laughs) (laughs) But if it's not that, it's not the worst idea. Right, because most of my, you know, shenanigans were just normal, you know, things that dudes do in their 20s type stuff. So, yeah, well, not, not, not Madison Cawthorn level, like, like Trey was talking about, but like, you know, just normal things to do in their 20s well so is that true anymore right um uh, every day of my life i am thankful that uh facebook did not exist when i was 20 years old um you know it thank god (laughs) because a hundred percent of the things that i did when i was 20 years old were stupid and (laughs) so you know if there was 360 degree view of me in my 20s, uh, it doesn't matter what it was you wanted to do. The moment you hit public life, all of it's coming out. Um, and by the way, if you delete it off Facebook, it doesn't matter. The, you know, Facebook will give it to the FBI, who will give it to your political opposition. We pretty well know that's true by now. Um, you know, th- those Twitter dumps are pretty clear about how that sort of thing works. Um, you're, you're hosed. And so the the things that we write off right like uh yeah man so like uh as 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 22 and you know me and my friends were at this party and then uh, i said here hold my beer everything that comes after that part of that story is uh, i mean look uh, brett kavanaugh that's what's coming right (laughs) And, and by the way no facebook for that guy um, that's just some broad 
decided that uh, she was going to accuse him of horrible things with no evidence 40 or whatever years later. And that was a national fiasco. Uh, if there is video of you doing whatever it is that you did, right? Now there's no debate. And, and I mean, there will be a debate insofar as how bad is this, right? Um, but, you know, 30 years ago, like, yeah, man, so I streaked at a football game, was like, you're, you're an idiot. I can't, I can't believe you did that. But, yeah, you were 20 and a retard and life goes on. Now is, this person has sexually harassed every woman in this stadium. Like, did he, though? Like, did he? Pretty sure he wasn't even aware there were any women in the stadium. He was just trying to run. Well, you know, and, and the question is, how is that going? You know? <laughs> okay, so uh, our kind of wrapping up thing, I have a wild conspiracy theory, and I wanted to kick it off with you. Oh, sure. Shoot from the hip. Okay, so, and I don't know how wild it is. I, and I've been saying this for a little while, I think that the economy and just the general direction of everything currently is pretty uh straight off the fucking cliff. And it's gonna yeah, go that, there. That's a conspiracy theory. Right. <laughs> I mean that's not the theory, but uh and it's gonna go there probably pretty quickly. Uh I don't think all at once, but when it does go, it's gonna be like the what's the thing uh about going broke? Like it it started out slow but then and then all at once. Um yeah. like that's how it's gonna hit. And I think I think the Democrats know that. I don't think the Republicans have the foresight to look out that far. Uh, At least historically, they've kind of proven that they don't. I think the Democrats know that. And so I think that's why you get somebody like a Fetterman. Like they're kind of they're kind of making their bed for the next couple years to set the stage for the Republicans to take the House, the Senate, and the presidency. And then, by the time it all comes tumbling down around 25, 26, then they can they can throw their hands up and say, those guys were in control, and they burned the whole fucking thing to the ground. Now you need to give us the power back so we can fix it. Uh, this is the this is the Bush-Clinton conspiracy. Um, you know, this is the um, the the Obama conspiracy. So, I mean, you know, it, it's not new. Um, you know, it, 2008 was the Republicans' fault. Bush had been in office for eight and a half minutes. What did he do in those eight and a half minutes? Well, terrible things. Can I have an example? Well, he caused the economy to crash. Yeah, you said that. But how? What did he do that crashed the economy? Oh, well, the Republicans are in power. It's their fault. Okay. Uh, so, like, you just you put an R in the White House and that's it? The economy crashes? Those are the rules? Well, yeah, basically. Uh, what does it do to crash the economy? Uh, Republicans. And this sells to a lot of independents. Uh, I, I can't imagine how many people I still know that think that, you know, the, the 2008 crash was Bush's fault, as though it even could be. I mean, again, he'd been in office for, you know, like eight minutes. 
right? I, okay, that's not fair. Don, he, he'd been in office for eight years, and so he did all kinds of things to crash the economy. Okay, fine, maybe. Um, what were they? And they don't really have an answer, and they don't want one, right? Uh, it's, it's very much, uh, I, I get to use this to paint you as crap. And uh, dear, dear, basically all centrists everywhere, this is uh, why I am not nice to you. Right. <laughs> because you say this stupid shit uh, and you agree with all this leftist policy. You're just a leftist. Um, oh, but I disagree with the Democrat Party on these four things. That's nice. No one agrees with their party 100 percent of the time. You're just a leftist. Shut up. Um, and, you know, this is the uh, the problem with that sort of thing, because it works. And by the way, the right wing never does this. Um, Probably not because they're better than that, right? Like, I, they, they are not standing on some moral high ground that makes me appreciate them. They are incompetent boobs, though, uh, at least in actually getting things done. And, and I know I, I am uh, the first to tell you that, you know, this is, this is not incompetence. This is malice. Uh, and, and I'm happy to stand by that. You know, uh, McConnell is malice. Uh, Lindsey Graham is malice. Uh, you know, these people are overtly working against you. There are a lot of other people who just have no capability to get this done. Uh, you know, if you think for a minute that Ron Paul spent all that time in the Senate uh, and wouldn't have gone, well, all this policy sucks. I mean, the man tried. Uh, it just wasn't going to happen. Uh, and there's Again, there's no pipeline to get it done, right? There, there is no time in which the right goes, the left sucks. And then Rachel Maddow is like, you know, it turns out that we need to have a serious discussion about whether or not the Democrat Party sucks. That does not happen. Uh, on the other hand, Rachel Maddow says the GOP sucks. And, you know, 20 minutes later, Tucker Carlson is going, well, does she have a point? Right. <laughs> you know, and don't get me wrong. He's better than most by far. But go watch the rest of news it that's that's what it is you know well we should seriously consider whether or not rachel that out makes a great point about whether or not the republicans are a bunch of racist sexist bigger homophobes like no no we shouldn't and by the way if they are i don't care right like could they do something positive that's all i need to know uh and the answer is of course no uh <laughs> so um hey I don't think it's as much of a conspiracy theory as you think. I think there's uh, a lot of historical precedent for it. Um, I will say that I don't think, you know, to stand on my own prediction, I don't think that they're setting up for the Republicans to take this blame. I think they're setting up for Joe Biden to take this blame. Um, and we're already to the point where it looks like that's what they're doing. Um, you know, for the first two years of his presidency, you couldn't find bad news from a leftist source for damn sure about Joe Biden. It, it didn't exist. Like, well, his approval rating may be at historic lows, but that's only because of Donald Trump. What? No. And yet that's what they're printing, right? You know, if Donald Trump had ruined the economy, Joe Biden would be in a better position right now. No. <laughs> Everything he's doing is terrible. It, obviously, the cause and effect is pretty clear here. But right about the time the election hit, um, give or take a couple weeks in any direction, depending on which leftist outlet, uh, outlet you're looking at, was, 
well, do the Republicans have a point about uh, Joe Biden sucking balls in every way imaginable? That is as close to a hit piece as you were, as even could exist for the two years prior, right? And now we're not even that far from that. Three months later, now we're watching. Well, it turns out this Hunter Biden laptop thing may have been a real story from the New York freaking Times. All right. They, they are handing this down and, and it's. Well, the problem is that Joe Biden was maybe he was a little corrupt, but he was better than Donald Trump. Uh, and the problem now is indeed that he's old. And by the way, he laid the pavement for that on the campaign trail in 2020. Oh, I am. You know, I, I understand. I, I'm pretty old. And so we need a, a vice president just in case. Right. And so my primary question now is, do they get rid of him politically? Uh, in a, a impeachment sense, right? Because, and the Republicans are going to do the work for them on this, right? The House is going to go open up uh, an impeachment investigation. It's going to happen, right? It's politically popular enough that the Republicans don't think it's a huge risk. And so they're going to open that impeachment investigation. It might take some time because the Republicans are still pussies, but they're going to do it, right? And when the day comes that they go, uh, you know, uh, the Republicans might have a point here. If you ever hear a leftist news source say that, uh, Biden is out. And at this particular moment, Kamala Harris takes the presidency. Right. And the thing that will happen at that exact moment is, look, um, yes, Joe Biden had his flaws. Uh, but there were, you know, sort of the reality here is that uh, it's falling apart at the seams. It's, you know, I don't want to speak uh, ill of the elderly, but he's come to this point in his life and, and we need to respect what he was trying to do. And yes, he made some mistakes along the way and that that caused some problems. Um, but I agree with his vision of where the country should go. They and will send so, him out on a beautiful funeral pyre. Oh, yeah. Right. And it will be in the name of Joe Biden's vision for this country. We must do X. Right. And, and that day is coming. Um, and it's only going to get worse when that day comes. Right. Uh, and, and now your political scapegoat is, um, well, at least he wasn't Donald Trump, first of all. And that will be the sales pitch. Right. Uh, but he is also someone who and, and I know this probably sounds ridiculous in 2023, but comparatively speaking, was pretty moderate. Right. Biden did not go out there and say, let's, uh, I don't know, let's institute universalized medicine tomorrow. He said, maybe there's a conversation. Right. Um, he, he didn't go out there and say, uh, you know, we, we need to ban all guns. He said, we need an assault weapons ban, which is pretty standard rhetoric from the guy who wrote the first one. Um, you know, and, and I realized that as you sit in 2023, you know, but Don, he also said nine millimeter blows the lung out of the body. Yeah, he said that now. Right. But he didn't say that in 2020. Right. And so I, I know, dear gun guys everywhere, that's that's stupid. Gun leaders don't pull it along. It is great. Right. Go go talk to your anti-gun family members and ask them if they think nine millimeter blows the freaking lung out of the body. And they're going to be like, well, yeah, the president said it, which, by the way, is the thing I've heard my entire life. Obama used to say stupid shit about guns all the time. 
And, uh, you know, well, the president wouldn't say it if it's wrong. Like, well, I'll tell you what, let's go, let's go test it. Right. <laughs> like right now, well, you know, it's a 20 minute drive. I'll provide the ammo and I'll buy the beer afterwards. Sound good? No. All right. Yeah. I didn't think you wanted to actually know. Um, but he's doing a lot of paving the way in the interim is the point for things to get more wild. Uh, he ran substantially more moderately than he's talking now. You know, go back and watch those. Uh, go back and watch the debates. Go back and watch the four interviews. Um, you know, the only things he said were pretty middle of the road ish comparatively. Right. And if you're if you weren't a political autist who was going like, yeah, but I know what he means when he says that. Right. Which, by the way, all of us were. Um, there is no reason to believe we would be where we are now. <clears throat> and, you know, for for all of us who eat, breathe, sleep, live, this stuff is like, well, but I told you in 2020, this is coming. How did you not know? Like, well, but he said, we want to take guns out of criminals hands. Like I told you he was going to make you a criminal for having a gun, <laughs> you know? And it's obvious to us, but to people who pay attention to politics once every four years, who think, well, that statement sounds reasonable. This was not obvious. And it's going to be those same people he's going to go after again, or whoever comes next is going to go after us. Uh, and by the way, part of the reason that the Republicans uh, have the House is, uh, well, things would have been better if the Republicans didn't take the House because they cut off our capability to spend money and fix these problems, which is going to be true. Um, you know, that. It's not going to be, you know, blame deflection is is politics 101. So you need something to blame. Uh, as as good friend of mine, the distributor says, uh, you know, if you look around California, the only thing you will ever hear is it's the Republicans fault. And Republicans haven't had power in California since 1984. Uh, you can't even find one to blame it on. But that's all the people they blame it on. Um, and, and he's totally right. Uh, you know, I. I, I had friends when I lived there that'd be like, yeah, man, if the Republicans had like, bro, it's been 30 years. It, what do you mean if the Republicans hadn't? What Republican? Where? Show them to me. And, but it doesn't matter, right? But you need to be pretty, you need to have the constituency that is California to get that out there. For the rest of the country, you need an actual Republican, right? <laughs> you know, if it wasn't for this guy, then I don't, I don't know. We could have cured cancer or whatever it is, else it is that, you know, Biden decided he was just going to be able to do. Like, hey, I realize this has been a problem for a century, but like, bro, if I'm elected president, we're going to fix that. Like, Are we really? <laughs> <coughs> so um, I think the minute details of your conspiracy theory are slightly off, but the premise is good. <laughs> I think it's I think. Either way, it's going to be interesting to watch how it plays out. I am very, very interested to see how the the Biden thing plays out because I've been, I, I'm, I'm surprised he made it all the way to January twenty three. I, I fully expected sometime between the midterm and the new year they were going to try to find a way to get him out. Hmm. Uh, but so. My my longstanding theory on this is that uh, whoever comes next, in this case, Kamala Harris, can get 10 years if uh, 
if they wait until nine days ago. So clock starts nine days ago. Now, um, as promised straight from the jump, it's not going to be on January 20th that he goes out. Uh, but I don't think he makes it through this term. And I think at the point that the Republicans are going to do the work for the Democrats, they're just going to wait for us to do it. And if that means they get nine years instead of 10, then that's what it means. Uh, you know, I mean, let's be honest, Biden's probably not making a lot of the decisions right now. Uh, but, you know, the, uh, hey, we got a strong black women to uh, be the first president of the United States. Um, you know, they're going for it. You know, they're going for it. Um, and whatever her qualifications are, um, Willie Brown, uh, you know, I mean, it's, it, it doesn't matter. They, they want to, uh, that, that, and, and let's be honest, the, uh, and a strong black women uh, led the country for 10 years is a thing we'll be hearing the rest of our lives. Um, and, and whatever time frame that is. And, and for everybody who says, but Kamala is so unlikable. All right. Do you, do you find Maxine Waters likable? Do, do you find Pelosi like? I mean, that lady is a bitch. And I, uh, oh, Don, how dare you? Have you ever listened to her talk? That lady is a bitch. She is one of the worst people I have ever listened to talk in my entire life. And by the way, followed by Diane Feinstein. The, the left does not have this problem. Oh, candidate likability, you know, bill, the beer test. And yeah, OK, um, look, we reelect who's in office like almost 100 percent of the time. Don, what about Trump? OK, well. Again, to not, not get banned off YouTube, I'll forego what I think about that. But uh, I think you all know. Right. Um, so, look, that's that's what it takes. And, and who is going to remove Kamala Harris? Who is going to be the one to pull the lever to be like, no, right? Because let's be honest with ourselves. That woman would do anything uh, that, you know, she was told to if she is sitting in the White House as president. It, it you know, it literally fillet Willie Brown on the White House lawn. No problem. See you in five minutes. Do you, how many cameras uh, are we setting up like a legitimate porn shoot? It don't matter. She'll be, right? Yeah, I and, don't think there's a whole lot going on between the years over there. She's, what? That is exactly. a, that is a fake that is a uh, that is a empty canvas that you can just throw whatever you want on there and she will run with it. So uh, exactly. Ron Bur Ron Burgundy put it on oh, the teleprompter man. and she'll say it. How many times have I told you? <laughs> you know it, it, but that's what that's what you're getting out of Biden right now, right? Look at the things that he says that are, uh, you know, one probably his inability to read a teleprompter all that well these days, and two, uh, any. Any typo on a teleprompter is going to be, uh, uh, you know, it, it, some recitation that is both physically painful because he talks like crap and uh, because if you put something wrong on the teleprompter, he's going to say it. Uh, and in fact, he has said that he will say it like, oh, they, they seem to uh, be a problem with what they put on the teleprompter. You don't. I'm not saying you can't have a teleprompter for a speech, but maybe you should at least know the through lines. I don't know. It's really interesting or amusing whenever he's like just trails off in the middle of 
whatever he was supposed to be saying like, <laughs> waves at somebody in the audience or like starts talking about some random bullshit. <laughs> hey, small child, come over here so I can sniff your hair. <laughs> my legs, the hair on my legs and children. They used to like to touch the hair on my leg. That guy's the president of the United States. I mean, he's just. These were things he was saying on the campaign trail. Like, yes. You know, you don't even get an out for that one for it coming later. That was like, uh, you know, what America needs to hear is that I like to like to have children touching my hairy legs. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Maybe, maybe three million votes. Is that right? Uh, the the uh, what, what, what is, what's the line? The safest and most secure election in American history. That's uh, thank you, Susan. You bitch. Only be followed up by probably a couple more of those, and we'll get to see how all of this craziness unfolds. Don, yeah. thank you for joining me. I think we kind of covered everything I was hoping to. You got anything you want to plug right now? Or uh, the show is sort of back. Uh, I, I am running a bi-weekly Sunday show uh, on Rumble only because uh, I sure the YouTube channel exists, but uh, no one knows that because if I drop videos, none of you see them. So <laughs> uh, rumble.com slash blood media these days is uh, that and at Hilo procurement on Twitter, which is locked. If you are not currently following me, uh, you will not see my tweets, but for the first time in I don't even know how long the people that do follow me see my tweets, so we get to play private unprivate games until that gets fixed if it ever does. Well, I think Sorry. I still have I think I still have access to the YouTube channel, so I might just start uploading your stuff anyway. <laughs> I'll run it until I'll run it until YouTube takes it down. Sounds fair to me. More than reasonable. I tell you you could have the ad revenue, but I've been permanently demonetized for like three years. <laughs> so well, Don, thank you for joining me. This has been fun, as always. Uh, I really have thoroughly enjoyed the conversation. it. Thank you. <laughs> and we'll see how our predictions and conspiracy theories play out over the next few years. And I'm sure we'll come back and revisit some of this stuff again at some point and, or talk about uh, what they're going to do next whenever some of these things do actually start coming true. Because I have no doubt that uh, at least a few of them are probably not that far down the pipe. Yeah. Have a great rest of your day to everybody who's listening. Don, thank you again. This has been great. Tune back in on Wednesday. I'm going to uh, go through a an article that is actually a great troll job, but a lot of people think it's real, and it's fucking hilarious. So I'm going to talk about that on Wednesday's show. So be sure to tune in for that. And for anybody who uh, might have an interest in it, I do daily content now on locals and patreon mostly on locals because that's where everybody wants to follow instead of i can't i literally cannot get anybody to subscribe to subscribe on patreon but i've got plenty on locals so that's cool and that's probably where most of it will continue to be uh, check out my daily stuff over there and feel free to read my Substack. and that's all i got done plugging stuff uh check out our sponsors on ads on either end of the show and uh tune back in later thanks guys We've got a brand new sponsor for 2023, and I am really excited to partner with Agorist Acres. Now, agoristacres.com, you can find over 100 varieties of seeds. They've got vegetables, flowers, all kinds of stuff. They've got heritage brands, everything that you want to start any kind of garden that you need. It's free shipping on any order of $20 or more. 
They've got cool packaging, and most of the seeds come in a fancy glass vial, no paper envelopes. They accept U.S. dollars and crypto and can easily take either at checkout. Now, be sure to head over to agoristacres.com, and anything that you get, use the promo code FCT at checkout for 10% off your order. I say all the time that you need to be starting your own garden. You need to be growing your own food. You need to be getting off the grid and becoming less dependent on grocery stores and stuff like that. Agorist Acres is a great first start. They've got everything you need for whatever kind of garden you want. Great people, great product, highly recommend. So go check them out. 